O thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you to today's edition of Bible News Radio. Yeah, I do. So I'm going to welcome. <laughs> hey, do me a favor. Today we have an awesome guest. Because that's the only type of guest I book people. In fact, the guest happens to be an author who has a book. So not, not only did I book him, but he has a book. Ha, here it is right here. Check this out, people. Look at it. Can you see it without the glare? I'll pull it back. I, I kind of want to make the book dance to the beat. Okay, so the author is sitting here. His name is Roy Goebel. And the foreword of this book is by the famous guy, Bob Goff. Nailed it. The name of the book is Salvaged. Yeah, it is. Leadership Lessons Pulled from the Junkyard. And here's the thing, people. If you actually go to RoyGoebel.com, you can actually learn about this awesome little book here. That actually kind of looks like a face there on the front. Look at that. It reminds me of my brother. (laughs) Just kidding. Actually, I'm not kidding. (laughs) Anyway, hey, I'm going to take a minute and share this out over on Facebook. So if somebody's over there, hold on a minute. I will share this out. And you guys can also go ahead and you can follow them over on Facebook at Salvaged by Roy Goebel. Just look that that up and then you can actually... uh, you can actually see it. And those of you in the chat room already, thank you for coming in and feel free to share this out. This is a book on leadership and business, so go ahead and share it out, okay? All right. I want to dance to this music. Yes, I do. (laughs) Okay, wait, hold on a second. I'm sharing this out right now because my crack producer, I fired him a couple days ago. Just kidding. I never had one. Okay, wait. Hold on. <laughs> do, do you know that there's about a 20 second delay on, on Instagram and Facebook? Ah, there we go. All right, people. Hey, Carmen. Sanchez. Thank you guys for watching. Melanie and Liz, Wanda, Gaz the Man, Dario, whoever else is out there. Here it is. Today is Wednesday, people, which means we have an awesome author on the show. Okay, wait, hold on a minute. All right. As you guys know, uh, Reading bios is my strong suit. So, this is what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to I'm going to read this bio. Okay. Oh, and thank you for that super heart. It touches me. Yeah, it does. Okay. So, after growing up helping his dad with the family junkyard, also known as the auto dismantling center, <laughs> Roy Goebel took over the family's real estate business. Yeah. You didn't see that coming, did you? Huh? You thought he was going to... Well, anyway. Since then, he's continued to wrestle with the implications of following Jesus for business leaders and wealth creators. He is the CEO of Gobel Properties, the director of Pathlight International, and the author of Junkyard Wisdom. Because if he had said Auto Dismantling Center Wisdom, (laughs) people would have probably looked at that funny. But anyway, he has a great book. And let me tell you a little bit about him, okay? Also, successful Silicon Valley real estate developer and wealth creator. Ooh, he's a wealth creator, people. 
You might want to stay tuned for this. This would be good. Yeah. Anyway, he shares lessons that are surprising that he learned as a little boy. Well, it says boy, but I'm going to put little in front because usually, you know, it's more descriptive. Working in his family junkyard, skillfully uniting the teachings of Jesus with the sometimes messy realities of leading people and getting things done, Selvaged helps leaders at all levels discover powerful opportunities to follow Jesus in the real world and in surprisingly simple ways. Yeah, there you go. Tell you what, there's 31 lessons in this book right here, which means you can read this in a month if you read one a day. Mm-hmm. And also, just so you know, uh, we're going to talk about this right now. So there you go. <laughs> Here's my introduction. Today, my guest, Roy Goebel, is not only handsome, stunning, and godly, but I have to tell you, he's fun. And he's got a great sense of humor. He dresses nice. He's on our show because he's awesome. And I have to tell you that he's going to totally make you laugh. He isn't going to be some boring person like, you know, like that. Who wrote that? Anyway, so it is my pleasure, without further ado, <laughs> to, to interview Roy. Hi, how are you? Great. That was a very interesting introduction. Thank you. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, it's I am. It's fun to be here. It's fun to be here. Well, you've, you've had a hard day, and now you get to end it this way, or like in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's afternoon here in California. So, yeah. You're in California. Yeah. yeah, but it's pouring outside. We're getting, they call it an atmospheric river. And uh, we're getting like all of our rain for the year in the next three days. It's hmm. crazy. That's climate change for you. Yeah. Somebody yesterday who lives in California, who shall rename nameless, said said that the rain makes people depressed because of the ne the negative ions in the air. I don't know if that's true or not, but sounds like somebody from Seattle more than California. But... Maybe. Maybe they're yeah. secretly from there. But anyway, so here you are on our show. And I want to say thank you from the very bottom of my heart for, for coming on. Yeah, I know. It's great. Uh, I was honored to be invited. It's fun. Yeah. So this is not your first book. No, it's not. Uh, my first book was a couple of years ago called Junkyard Wisdom. You're right. That's much catchier than auto dismantling. Center. <laughs> But uh, so the first book was called Junkyard Wisdom, and it was more about uh, my wife and my journey of um, being successful at a young age and how to live a life that doesn't draw us away from Christ, because um, uh, wealth has a way of just whispering in your ear and pulling you away. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's really that journey. That's so and, cool. Well, yeah. and you know what? I think I, in all seriousness, I think that this is a very much needed topic. Yeah. Because in the church, you know, I'm extremely conservative, theologically very conservative. Uh, and you look at TV and you look at the prosperity gospel teachers out there. And and that's what a lot of Christians get sucked into is the whole issue of wealth. And, you know, if I believe this, then I'll get rich and blah, blah. And and, and it's it's not an honest, holy pursuit of Christ, in my opinion. It's it's pursuit after the money. And that, that bothers me because when I cover cultural issues, I often have to go, okay, wait a minute. You know, the, the left side, or as I call them, the evil side, they will actually, you know, fund their stuff, but the rich, wealthy side doesn't. And And so we fight these battles, you know. And then those of us who really don't make any money, we get attacked because we ask for money. It's like, yeah, it, it, there is a challenge, I think, in the church. We're given <clears throat> two choices. It's like door number one is uh, the prosperity gospel that you mentioned. And door number two is uh, Mother Teresa, you know, sell right. everything, go and live with the poor. Most of us live in the middle. And mm -hmm. um, so the book is really focused on how we can do that in a way that's honoring to God and uh, appreciative of what we've been given. Yeah. Well, that's super cool. All right. So, all right. So you have the foreword by Bob Goff in this one. Right. Uh, who, yeah. Now for those of us, I should know this, I admit it, but who is Bob? And, and I know that's a get congratulations. Actually, oh, yeah, you, you grew you. up with him, right? 
who is Bob? That's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> go Google him and find out. But Bob is uh, um, he's an author of two national best-selling books, uh, Love Does and Everybody Always. Um, he is a um, he's an attorney, um, but he is a mischief maker. Hmm. Uh, guy is an absolute. He's so much fun to be around. He's a kick. And uh, Bob and I met when we were in kindergarten, of all things. Huh. And, uh, we did uh, K through seven or eight, something like that, together. Um, and so we've been childhood friends. He's a great guy. So that's how I got him. Uh, he wouldn't normally, you know, write a forward for a nobody like me, but um, hmm. he was great. I have to ask, when you were younger and you guys were in kindergarten stuff, did you guys have like the, the, the like metal lunch boxes? Oh yeah, absolutely. We probably have pictures of that. I've actually threatened Bob, you know, now he's like a public figure and stuff and I've threatened to start posting pictures of us as kids. Um, but I, I, I really won't do that, but, uh, I have all those pictures. Yeah. With huh? the metal box. Do you remember who was on your lunch box? Maxwell smart. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, at least that's the one I remember. That's, I that's probably, cool. I probably had a Peanuts one, too. I have a Hogan's Heroes one. Oh, no, that's cool. Uh, that one would be cool. I still yeah. have it, too. Oh, really? That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I once saw it on the Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Somebody had one. They had it, like, you know, appraised. And and with the full thermos, it's, like, worth 100 bucks. No, 200 with the thermos. It. I don't have it with the thermos, but I do have yeah. the thing. Yeah. That's Pretty cool. That is cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's your retirement plan right there. Right there. So. <laughs> it's out of this world. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about your book. Okay. Now, okay. you got Bob to, to write the foreword and, yeah. uh, and also, uh, you wrote this book. <clears throat> Why did you write the book? Wait, hold on. I have to ask these questions that they sent me. You don't have to ask this question. <laughs> No, seriously, why did you write it? Hmm? <laughs> the main reason I wrote the book is because all the leadership books I ever read tend to be aimed at the CEO. And it was frustrating to me because I feel like we're all leaders because we all have some influence. Now, some have more influence than others, mm -hmm. but we all have influence. And that makes us a leader because <clears throat> we can change things. We can shape things. Um, and the books on leadership we're not written that way. I wanted to look at leadership from uh, a grassroots level. Uh, I wanted to look at leadership from the eye level of uh, the UPS driver, the guys that uh, get grease under their fingernails, the nurse that comes home with blood on her smock. These are the people that really make our world so competent and run our world. Um, and they're leaders. Uh, and, and that's what I wanted to write the book for. Yeah. See, I think that's super cool. And you know what? I have to tell you that I... I in, in many ways have been a very reluctant leader. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. do you address that in your book? Like how some people are leaders, even if they don't want to be like me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You should ask that. Cause I've often thought, um, I, I can remember telling a friend years ago, if I ever write a book, it's going to be called reluctant leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, is, I think that's, that's really how a lot of us operate. Um, we find ourselves put in a position where we sort of reluctantly get into leadership. And um, that's probably true for me at a young age. Mm -hmm. um, and now it's sort of natural for me to lead um, at work and in ministry and that kind of thing. But in, initially, I think most of us are reluctant. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, I seriously agree. Like I was telling Randall right before the show, right before you came on to, to join us, mm -hmm. that somebody recently sent me something and, and, in the past, what they sent me would have irritated me. <laughs> it would have, yeah. but but I've changed my perspective because as a leader, I'm like, oh, they're they're telling me this because they want they they're trying to emulate me in a way, and I'm yeah. like, no, in my mind, I'm like, please don't do that, don't do anything like me, just be yourself. But but yeah. it it's it's part of that thing, and you know what? So, um, how long does it take you to get used to being a leader? Wow. Uh, how many people are there? Uh, I think, <laughs> I, I honestly, I think it differs. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I'm, a, I'm not a real big believer in sort of a prescriptive method of how we become leaders or how we lead. Um, I think that each individual is different. 
Um, so there are as many answers to that as there are individuals. But I do believe the more you find yourself in leadership, the more comfortable you grow with it. Um, because you begin to understand you don't have to be perfect to be a leader. If, if you are perfect, in fact, you're probably a lousy leader. Mm-hmm. So Jesus would be a lousy leader? No, I think... <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. That was just, you let me walked into that one. Yeah, you do walk into that one. But he does talk about, um, it's, it, you know, there's that passage about the, uh, the rich young ruler. Yeah. And um, here's this guy that on the surface is perfect. He's got it all together. He's wealthy. He's successful. Everything's going good. Um, but he doesn't do that one last step and it disappoints everybody around him. That's a good point. All right. I have a question, actually. Wait, hold on. Let me read it. Well, you're supposed to have questions, right? Well, I do. Okay, so what's the one word that you're not supposed to say if you're a leader? (laughs) Where did that question come from? That I don't know. I don't know. Is that something you just made up? I must have read that in a different book this morning. (laughs) (laughs) I know there's... I I read John Maxwell books every day. Yeah. He's the only leader that I know, actually. He's good. He's good. There's a lot of leadership books out there that are not so good. Yeah. Um, but he's he's got good insights. All right. I'll tell you what we'll do. I'm going to read some of the titles of your chapters. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, this is good. See, everybody, you should definitely look get this book. Okay. So, Cake and Pickles and No, I'm Not Pregnant. <laughs> All right. Aim high, especially with a how do you say that? Acetylene. Acetylene powered homemade bazooka. bazooka. Close enough. Bareface read that. Yeah. Rats in the rafters. Uh huh. Bring donuts when you're late and don't be late. I would change that one to bring apple fritters when you're late because I love apple fritters. Just so Fair you know. Enough. That works. Insider tip. <laughs> uh, the negotiator, Rolls Royce carpool. Uh-huh. smoke-filled rooms mm-hmm. it's good to have friends in low places to which i would agree because i'm relatively short uh. import export that's that's section one and then section two you have questioning captain satellite gambling on answers profanity must be earned let's talk about that one because that one uh, sounds fun continue, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah profanity must be earned hey what's that mean what's that about it's what it kind of sounds like. Um, I, I am uh, sort of tired of people in air-conditioned offices using profanity um, to make themselves look tougher or cooler or more hip or whatever. Hmm. And it has, um, it's frustrated me. I do think that um, there are times, <laughs> rare moments, when profanity is all that you can think of and all that expresses exactly what you're feeling, but they need to be really rare. And I think you have to earn it. I, the person that, you know, the, the barista at Starbucks messes up their order. You don't have the opportunity or you don't have the, the uh, chance to, you know, go off on them with profanity. That's just not right. I agree. Uh, did that happen. Um, so I, I would say tone it down a bit folks. Um, on the other hand, I've seen, people in really tough, difficult situations where um, using profanity allowed them to express themselves fully. And it doesn't offend me in those moments. So that's kind of what the chapter is about. Yeah. I know Tony Robbins, who I'm not really a big fan of. He actually Mm -hmm. has made a a video a couple years ago where all he did was use the F word. And his, Mm -hmm. his whole point in that was, was, that it shakes people out of their complacency because right. it, it actually rattles some people. Um, right. I got glass in my foot once and I had to go to the ER to get it out after it being in there for like two weeks. I couldn't get it out. Yeah. And they put a needle in my foot to numb my foot before they numbed oh. it. Yeah, it hurt. But you know what? I didn't swear. <laughs> I Good job. I screamed. Yeah. I screamed really loud. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it hurt. It hurt like hell. <laughs> Just, yeah. just saying. Uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. Babies don't earn paychecks. Yeah. So that story is—it's <laughs> a fun story where 
Um, I was very young, like 23 years old, and I was running our construction team at work. And it was about 10 guys or so. And they developed this uh, argument amongst themselves. Um, I don't even remember what the argument was. And I just sort of ignored it, thinking it was just one of those passing things. Um, but it festered, and it grew, and it became a bigger problem. Um, and I didn't handle it well as a leader at first, because I should have stepped in immediately and eliminated the dysfunction that was growing. Um, but I didn't. I let it fester. And that's just youth. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but how I ended up solving it was meeting them at, at the, the shop one morning at 6 a.m. and gathering together and saying, the second worst part of my job is firing people. I really don't want to fire anybody because you fire people and it impacts their family, et cetera. But the worst part of my job, even worse than firing people, is changing your diapers. So grow up, act like adults, and get back to work. And there were about half the crew broad smiles, the other half like, whoa, he's calling us on this. And believe it or not, that simple little exercise worked. They really reacted positively to it. Um, so that's why babies don't earn paychecks. Amen. Hey, you know what? I have to, I have to tell you, I totally concur, you know, and you know why? Because I can tell you one of my biggest pet peeves is people who are stuck. They irritate me that I just want to punch them in the nose. (laughs) No, I would never do that. Not intentionally. Yeah. On accident, maybe on the the pickleball court, I'd hit them for sure. I'd be like, but here's the thing. Stuck people irritate me because there's no reason why you have to be stuck, especially right. if you give them instruction, right? And so some people just need that tough love and they need to be called on their stuff, you know. Right. And right. and you live in snowflake, snowflake country, right? In California. Yeah, you do. Sure. We'll call it that. Yep. That's uh, Hey, I grew up there. <laughs> I escaped. Uh, but... But the kids today, I mean, it's like, dang, they want role models. That's why they join gangs, you know. <laughs> but yeah. but the gangs are not necessarily the best place to go. And so they need manly men like you to lead them and stuff and get in their face. And Well, that- and even more, I mean, the, the, the biblical parallel to that story about babies don't earn paychecks is, is uh, James and John coming to Jesus and saying, hey, we have a plan and we want you to do anything we ask you to do. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, yeah unique question to say to Christ or <laughs> fun way to start a conversation. And he, um, he said, what do you want? And they said, well, we want to sit at your right and your left. He handled that perfectly. Um, and end of issue, right? The problem was the other disciples found out about it and they immediately became jealous. There was this internal tension and dysfunction was growing on the team. And what I love about the story is that Jesus immediately steps in and handles it. He just steps in and says, no, wait a minute. Uh, If you really want to be uh, at the top of the game, the top of this team, even, you have to humble yourself um, and be a servant to everybody. Um, And that, to me, is a great way to just stamp out that sense of entitlement and that sense of um, uh, desire to be the best within your team in an unhealthy way. Jesus came in and just handled it perfectly. Didn't their mom also get involved? Yeah, yeah. Well, they had to be millennials because they brought their mother to work all the time. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, mom! Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I could have been there for that. That would have been hilarious. I think yeah. Randall wants to say something, don't you? You want to say something? Um, I'll say, remember your camera. Oh, is that what you're... Okay, he was like going like this and mm-hmm. pointing and... Just so you know, we're, we're not CBN news. We're Bible no. news radio. Perfect. Yeah. All right, cool. Okay. So you also have never buy sh- cheap champagne, which was in the lead questions that I got, which says yeah. here, uh, why do you say never buy cheap champagne? Yeah. Why? You want the full answer to that? Yeah. So at my wedding, my older brother is 13 years older than I am. And so I was 22 at my wedding. He was 35 and in the whole midlife thing with the mortgage and kids and the whole thing. And he came up to me at the reception and shook my hand and handed me a hundred dollar bill, which was a lot of money for me in 1981. And I, I said, well, thank you. And he said, I just have one bit of advice. Never buy cheap champagne. 
And he meant it literally. He really wanted um, Bianca and I to enjoy a special bottle of champagne on our honeymoon. He meant it literally. Mm -hmm. But it's come to mean a lot more to our family over the years where you really want to, to live life to its fullest. I mean, how many of us get special things that we put away in a china cabinet or something and never bring out for a party because the party's never quite good enough? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, the chapter is about, look, as leaders, we need to give our all to the people that we're working with. And you can't just hold something back. Um, and it's true how you, uh, how you lead, how you love people, how you encourage people. You can't hold stuff back. You can't go with the cheap champagne. You got to go with the good stuff. Amen. I agree. <clears throat> Unless you're an alcoholic, <laughs> then Get a problem. don't yeah. drink yeah. champagne yeah. if I'm not advocating yeah. that. That's right. Gotcha. All right. So is there any question? Hey, do any of you guys have any questions in the chat room? I'm looking. Wait, hold on. There might be a question that I can't see it. Carmen says she likes that that format. That's good. Okay. Yeah. In your format of the book, honestly... Um it's one of my favorite types of formats. Of, okay. <laughs> seriously, because you guys have, you have like questions. You got lessons from the junk art yard at the yeah. end. And it's, it's good. It's very cool. Good. Good. Risk adjustment school. <laughs> Our risk aversion makes us do silly things to stay safe. And it keeps us from doing important things that aren't safe. That is actually very true. Yeah. 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 It is a problem in our society too. Well, I think that's part of the reason people are stuck. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yep, I would. Yeah. Now, you're into real estate, too. Uh-huh. So, do you know who Tom Hopkins is? No. Really? You don't know who he is, huh? No. Well, you didn't know who Bob Goff is. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Well, Tom is, he he's well known for selling 365 houses in one year, way back in the 80s. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote a book called something to the effect of how to be the world's best salesperson or something. Yeah. How to sell anything. And anyway. Him. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything, right? No, it's anything to do with it. Okay. okay. So <laughs> how did you go from, from growing up in a, you know, auto dismantling center to real estate? How'd that happen? I mean, how come you didn't follow in your dad's steps and continue to take over it? Right. So I actually kind of did follow on my dad's steps. Okay. What happened was um, he was buying land and opening a wrecking yard, junkyard. Mm -hmm. And then um, he'd buy another piece of land and open another junkyard. Um, and somewhere uh, in the midst of that, somebody came to him and said, hey, if you build another building on this piece of property, I'll rent it from you. So he did. Um, and about the time I graduated or was in college, actually, uh, he came to me and said, why don't you come work for me? And we'll convert a lot of this junkyard land into industrial buildings. Well, um, it was a great opportunity to work in a family business. And it was just a unique, we're in the right place at the right time because um, the junkyards were all in what we now call Silicon Valley. Um, so that they, the, the timing in the place was all perfect. So it was great. And I get, actually, my dad and I ended up working together for 25 years uh, wow. until he passed. Oh. Yeah, we had offices side by side for 25 years. It was really, really an honor. It was a lot of fun. See, that's so cool. And you know what? Growing up um, <clears throat> with your dad and working, being an entrepreneur, you know, under mm -hmm. his wing that whole time, that that to me had to be super cool. Cause it was. I didn't grow up with my father, actually. I just got to know uh, my dad four years ago. He's nine, uh, He's 90 years old, and uh -huh. uh, he worked at Alcoa his whole life. But I have to say that, you know, that... I don't know. That's just, that's just so cool. It's such a neat legacy in that you're putting it in a book and you're sharing it with other people and all yeah. that. Now I have a question though. Okay. What's the coolest thing that you ever saw in your junkyard? Oh, wow. <laughs> um, Cause there's gotta yeah, be some cool stuff. Military vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I answer the question with a little side story? Yeah. All right. So one of the coolest things was sometime, we would get these military vehicles come in and we actually had one come in that had a giant torpedo uh, on the back of it and it was empty. It was disarmed. It wasn't a threat to anybody. Um, so as a joke, I took it and painted it bright red, 
dug a hole in my brother's front yard in the middle of the night and pointed it nose first into the front of it, this hole in the front yard and then put like a, a communist emblem on the side of it and filled it with water and dry ice so it was steaming and then just hopped in the car and drove away as fast as I could. They had like police out. It was crazy. Um, and he was furious at me and he actually still owes revenge on that one. So, but yeah, so we get a lot of strange stuff come through. That, well... That's quite elaborate. <laughs> he, he deserved it. He had done it. <laughs> I, I believe it. I have a brother. He yeah. Just, you know what my brother did? <clears throat> On my 49th birthday, he invited me to his house. First of all, he mocked me because I turned 49 because he's yeah. younger than me. Yeah. He bought a cake, uh, a lemon bunt cake, uh -huh. and had the bakery uh -huh. guy put my happy birthday on it. Didn't even buy me an actual birthday cake. He bought me the cheap cake, had the bakery put happy birthday on it. And then, you'll love this part, at the end, he gave me a piece. And then when I got ready to go, he asked me if I would like any of my cake. And I said, yeah, I'd like my cake. Yeah. And he cut me a piece, gave it to me. He kept the rest of my birthday cake, my birthday cake. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, your brother needs to read that chapter about never buy cheap champagne. I know. To be a little more generous. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I mean, I'm gonna yeah. make sure he sees this episode. <sighs> yeah. Grover's going to get somebody. Yeah, he is. Do you have a dog? I do. I do. Yeah, and we have two of them, and we just got a brand new puppy. Aww. Golden Retriever. Yeah. I would assume growing up in a junkyard that you would have a dog. Yeah. We always had a dog around. Absolutely. Because yeah. they had to sniff out stuff, right? They were worthless. But <laughs> well, <laughs> at the junkyard, people expected them. So you had them. <clears throat> yeah. My dad used to say they'd only hold the flashlight for a robber. They were. <laughs> I have a friend that came and visited our house and Grover, she went out, she barked back at Grover. Grover got so scared, he bolted out the back door. <laughs> he ran wow. away, but whatever. Wow. He's a good doorbell. That's about it. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I know our time is up. I used to say that when I was a therapist. <laughs> True story. Yeah. So the question is, if you... You know, have any parting words you want to tell people where they can get your great book or anything, then go for it. Yeah, the book's for sale at all the places you expect. Um, <laughs> you RoyGobel.com and find all kinds of links to buy it. So absolutely. Hey, look at that. They got my book up on the screen. That's pretty cool. Isn't Is that it? cool? Bareface did that. Oh, on this side. Uh -huh. Cool. Yeah, great. Well done. I yeah. like that. Now, explain <laughs> the cover, though. Is that supposed to be a face or... Why don't you call the publisher and ask about that? Yeah, it's supposed to be a face. Um, I thought it was kind of funny. It's like two eyebrows. It's got a little snarky edge to it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yet it's made up of junkyard parts, so it's kind of fun. Yeah. Do you have a favorite junkyard part? Uh, no. Whatever would sell <laughs> for the most money. That's what usually was the favorite. <laughs> Good to know. Because if yeah. you did, you might be a weirdo. Just saying. Yeah. That would be a little Maybe bit not. weird. <laughs> <laughs> you said I dress nice. Come on. You do. You do dress nice. Okay, my husband's telling wrap this up. Okay, people. All right. Hey, if you don't know who Roy Goble is, now you do. And you can go to his website. Go to RoyGobel.com. It's not Gobble. It's Goble. RoyGobel.com. Go there. And if you're like me, you love leadership books, then you should go get his book. This is it right here. It's called Salvaged Lessons That You Can Learn. Le leadership Lessons Pulled from the Junkyard. There you go. That's right. Right there. And mine actually has highlights on the back because it's a super special edition. <laughs> yeah, but yours won't, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the advanced reader copy. So, uh, yeah. So, very cool. Are you working on any other books? Not right now. We're talking. Maybe a third one will come, but uh, nothing in the works right now. Okay. I'm going to go get your other book, too, just so you know. Great. Yeah, I am. All right. So that's it. Thank you for having me. It's fun. I would give you a hug if you were here in person, but I can't. So I'll give you a high five instead. Right. High five it is. There you cool. go, buddy. <laughs> Talk to you later. Thanks.
Thank you for having me on. Uh huh. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Hey, everybody. So now that we listened to that great interview with Roy, now what we got to do is thank our sponsor. Yeah, we do. Ariel Ministries is our sponsor. All you have to do is go to ariel.org. You go there and <clears throat> you can um, buy anything in the store with a coupon code Bible News. That's right, people. You can go there. I'm going to end my meeting over here so I can free up some bandwidth <laughs> uh, there on the show. Uh, yeah, so, so, and you can go over to our website and you can, um, uh, look at, stuff. look at, look at stuff on the resources page. Sorry, I'm a little bit distracted. Okay, look at stuff on the resources page. There you go. There you can. Yeah, you can. Wait, hold on a minute. What did you title this show? I'm just curious. It's <laughs> uh, pulled from the junkyard. Okay, I gotcha. I was just wondering, because it seems like completely... Well, anyway, so here's the deal. If you want to get some great stuff, go to our website. Yeah, join my email list. Actually, better yet, join my text message list where I actually have flash contests and have way more fun over there than on my email list. But anyway, if you go to our website, the resources page, you can find books and stuff there and uh, other stuff to, to buy that will help support Bible News Radio. If you buy it through Ariel, that's, that helps. If you buy it th through our website, then that helps us as well. All right. And also, tonight, I'm having a very special meeting with Ladies of Justice Leadership. The corporate leadership at Ladies of Justice uh, is doing a special presentation on the opportunity to build your business and to learn to make money with Ladies of Justice and Legal Shield, and so if that's if you're somebody who wants to start a side business and you want to learn how to make money and you know you want to learn from the best people in the business, then you know message me privately and I will send you the login info. It's at 7 p.m. Central Time tonight, so if you're watching the archive of this, you're going to miss it most likely, unless you're watching before 7 p.m. Central Time, which is possible actually. Um, but I would love for you to join me on there. It's a Zoom call, and you can also just call in on the phone. Uh, and it will be probably about a half hour or so. You can come on in, learn about Legal Shield and Ladies of Justice, and find out how you can make money as well. And speaking of that, I have to tell you that if you are somebody who is interested in learning more about Legal Shield and identity theft protection, then you can contact me directly and I can do a meetup with you and tell you a little bit more. Or you can go to our website, go to bit.ly forward slash L-O-J, that's all caps, 2019, that L-O-J stands for Ladies of Justice. But you don't have to be a woman to join it. You can be a man. Yeah, you can. You could be a man. You could be a legal eagle. You could be a man selling legal shield. Yes, you can, because most people who are men do sell legal shield. But anyway... But this is actually a women empowerment se seminar tonight. So if you're interested, then feel free to, to get in touch with me. And we can do that. All right. Is that it? Did I say everything? Just curious. Did I remember everything? I don't remember. As far as I know. As far as I know. Hey, Forrest. Nice to see you. I'm glad that you're watching the show. Yeah, I am. Okay. So the other thing is, today I got a... I got a um, I got a message from from Gina earlier who actually uh, sent me this message and, and it kind of ties in um, with the whole um, thing of wealth, dealing with wealth. Oh, yeah, we could talk about that, too. But 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 hold on a minute. I have to I have to get it. So it's about Joyce Meyer. You guys know that Joyce Meyer is a, a prosperity gospel teacher, right? Okay. Well, Joyce Meyer is actually in the big in the news right now because she actually came out and she admitted that what she used to teach as far as the the prosperity gospel and the whole faith thing is actually not right. And I personally am super happy to see this because uh nobody likes to uh you know well, I don't like it when people who are false teachers get on there and they purport a false gospel because it's 
it's irritating, but hold on just a second. I have to, I have to log into my other account so I can pull up the article. I think that's the password. I just changed my passwords this morning, so I have to, <laughs> didn't work. Okay, so it's not the wrong password. <clears throat> oh. Oh, you did? Oh, you found the article? Yeah. Okay, hold on a minute. <clears throat> um, well, how about you read it then? Because that's not the article I was going to pull up. Okay, well, uh, I can't go on camera because... <laughs> Because <coughs> Zoom stole my camera and won't give it back, even what? though I exited Zoom. Oh, you did? And I, cl I shut Zoom. Yeah, but I can't. Ah, uh, okay. Well, in that case, hold on just a second, okay? I'm going to still read it. Okay. Well, but you can't get on camera, so that's kind of pointless. Yeah. can leave you on camera. We can well, can you tell me what website that's on? It's on Faithwire. Faithwire. Faithwire.com. Okay, hold on a minute. Faithwire.com. <laughs> Hey, people, we're not CBN News. We're Bible News Radio. Okay. Yeah. Is CBN, this, this would all be going on in the background and be spoken in someone's ear. Yeah. Hey, you over there, do this. Is this like a, Is this like on the top page somewhere, or did you Google search it? I, I Google searched it. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. You want me to send the link to you? Well, I just logged out of Facebook. All right. Well, then. Wait, hold on just a second. I got it. I have it, people. Yeah, you I do. do. Meanwhile, the three people watching on Periscope. <laughs> All right, here it is. I found it. Hey. Nailed it. Uh. From now on, I'm just going to say nailed it. Pretty soon, people will think I have a hammer with me. Um, and think also that I am a construction worker. Which, in a sense, is actually kind of true. But anyway, besides that, okay, so it says here... Joyce Meyer takes a jab at the prosperity gospel, denounces her past beliefs in it. Now, this is amazing. I have to I have to say honestly and in, in total skepticism that I wonder what's going on with her that this would actually happen. You know, I'm just curious. But anyway, it says here, evangelist Joyce Meyer recently admitted that in the past her her views on the quote prosperity gospel unquote were quote out of balance unquote. Meyer, who has received much criticism for her preaching on the prosperity gospel, shared with her Instagram followers the dangers into taking such theology too close to heart. And, um, and then, it, I guess you can play the video, but it's okay. It says here, I'm glad for what I learned about prosperity, but it got out of balance. The well-known Christian author and speaker said, I'm glad for what I've learned about faith, but it got out of balance. Meyer noted that this sort of theology led her to believe that the reason others experienced calamities was due to a lack of faith. Every time somebody had a problem in their life, I thought, it's because they didn't have enough faith. If you got sick, it's because you don't have enough faith. If your child died, it's because you don't have enough faith, Meyer said. She explained that since she has learned that faith doesn't ensure that everything will be perfect, but rather it means simply putting your trust in God and all things. Faith is something God gives you that you need to use and release in your life. It's a powerful force, but it's not just an automatic. You put your trust in God and put your faith in him, Meyer added. Meyer's announcement came as a surprise to some, but as she, as she has been a major proponent of the prosperity gospel in the past. In a, in a June 2015 column for the Gospel Coalition, Russell S. Woodbridge, co-author of Health, Wealth, and Happiness, has the prosperity gospel overshadowed the gospel of Christ, stated that the prosperity gospel has risen in popularity in the U.S. thanks to Joel Osteen, T.D. Jakes, Joyce Meyer, and others. And this is very true. This is why I don't advocate you watching Joel Osteen, T.D. Jakes, who actually denies the Trinity, or Joyce Meyer. Um, in a separate Huffington Post article, Pastor Rick Henderson argued that listening to preachers like Joel Osteen or Joyce Meyer would be detrimental to one's long-term relationship with Jesus. Yeah, because they really don't talk about Jesus. Anyway, if you listen to Joel Osteen and Joyce Meyer, if you take what they teach seriously, it will not be good for you. It will be detrimental to your long-term growth as a follower of Jesus, Henderson wrote. Pastor John Piper has also spoken in depth about the dangers of the prosperity gospel. In a video for his ministry, Desiring God, Piper argues that a huge proponent of the prosperity gospel is wealth. He points out that Paul talks about the dangers of money in 1 Timothy 6, 6 to 10. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we 
we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. In other words, very thing that leads people to suicidal piercings of pain is nurtured and cultivated by the prosperity preachers, he notes. They are encouraging that this suicidal behavior happens. That is ab- abominable, like the abominable snowman. Just kidding about that part. Wait for it. That was supposed to be funny, people. Okay. Okay. It's because riches are such dangerous things. They're not a blessing usually. They're usually a curse. People are cursed with riches. They're destroyed by riches, Piper added. Which, by the way, John Piper is not somebody I would recommend listening to either, just so you know. He goes on to point out that it's not sinful to make a lot of money, but sinful to keep a lot of money. Where's that? That's unbiblical. Mm. I don't I don't see that anywhere in scripture. So do I. Meyer's Instagram video has gained a lot of support, garnering over one hundred thousand views since it was posted. One Instagram user commented Meyer or commended rather Meyer for admitting she was wrong. God honors a repentant and humble heart who who can admit they are wrong, a user named Mileston wrote. This is awesome. Another user with the username pleasing to the potter commented, What an amazing God we serve. I'm glad to see him at work here. I had stopped watching you the past few years because of what you were teaching, Joyce. I'm glad to see that God is continuing to work in your heart. You have a tremendous following which affects the lives of many. I know God is pleased hearing your confession and speaking his truths. May he continue to bless you and yours in all your endeavors. And I think that's the end of it. Yeah, it is. So my opinion on this is to continue to look at the fruit because my suspicion is, well, I'm suspicious. Let's just put it that way. I'm not like going, oh my gosh, Joyce repented of the prosperity gospel. No, I'm not. I'm cynical. I, you know, I want to see some fruit here. I'd like to see her write some book that actually denounces all the other baloney that she did, uh, you know, and stuff and, and all of that. And I would really kind of like to know the, how she came quote out of this. And is she going to disassociate and disfellowship from other teachers that promote this stuff that's unbiblical? That's what I would want to know. Um, I don't hate her as a person. In fact, many years ago, I actually, uh, watch Joyce Meyer. I actually thought she was an interesting teacher. Um, but she has really more of a um, interest in psychology than she does the scripture. I mean, if you listen to most of what she talks about, it's self-help. It's not really gospel-oriented stuff. So it's uh, that's kind of my thought on it. I don't know, Randall. What do you think? What do you think, Bareface? And now I'm going to throw this to Bareface, who can't get on camera, I think. Yeah, I cannot still. Okay. But, um, yeah, one thing I liked about what was quoted in that article, she was quoted about having faith in God, putting your trust in Him. I think a lot of these prosperity um, gospel teachers swore they wouldn't say it verbatim this way. I think what they're preaching is putting faith in faith. Right. So the fact that I have faith is you know, that, uh, that brings with it certain promises that just because I have enough faith, my faith is strong, then I do certain things. And I'm reminded of Romans chapter four, of verse four, um, which, um, I can't think of a particular, um, uh, English translation at the moment. So I'm going to quickly look one up because I can, uh, you do that bareface. I know. Well, how I, I well, would... well, I will continue to stare at the screen. Yeah, I will. All right. While while I will drink this bubbly. What is this? This is bubbly water. It's called bubbly. It's carbonated water. It's carbonated and, water. And natural flavor. It's cherry bubbly. See, wait, just so you guys can know, this is the best champagne you can ever get. 
bubbly, sparkling water. I wonder who. I wonder how long it came, took them to come up with that name. What do you guys think? Do you like the name Bubbly? Do you? Yeah, you do. Yeah. Cheers to you, buddy. Oh, I'm drinking Bubbly now. Anyway, the Apostle Paul, writing to his audience, talking about uh, basically <laughs> salvation by works versus grace. But he says, now to him that works, it is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. And so that is, you know, if you're working for your salvation, then, then you know, the reward, then it's, it's not of grace, but of debt. It's not something God gives by his grace. It's he owes you that. And it's the same kind of thing. Well, I had this faith. I said these words. I've had this positive confession. You know, then now God owes me this. You know, I followed. It has zero carbohydrates. Because it's water. Yeah. That's all it is, is water. I followed this formula, and so therefore now I am owed this result. Mm -hmm. And that's a dangerous place to put yourself before God, that God owes you anything. You make him you make Him your debtor. He, he owes you a debt. You know, you did this thing. You did these certain works. You said this thing, and now God owes you this. And... Um, that's that's not faith that's that's presumption and uh hubris in my not so humble opinion no pun intended there there you go but, <laughs> i don't know if you listened to anything that i said but pretty much no no i didn't <laughs> So oh, there, you, there you go. Here's, here's, you know, she just gave away the secret. When she asks for my opinion on things, she just wants to disengage for a while, go look at something else, go read something else. And she just wants to take a break. And so she asked me, well, what do you think of that? So <laughs> she can take a break and I can, so there's not dead air. I can say something until she's ready to come back. Yeah. Which is why there was the awkwardness of remaining on the camera while I speak. Yeah. Well, the behind-the-scenes show, Bible News Radio, we are not a million-dollar production. We do not make millions of dollars to produce this show. In fact, we don't really make anything to produce this show, but we still have fun. And, you know, the thing is, this is the true story. The, the, the truth is that, uh, that um, it's, I make this look easy. <laughs> I do. You're like, really? <laughs> You're making yourself look easy right now? Yeah. How many Overheard. of you have done this? Hmm? Just curious. I've done this for three years, almost four. Going on four years, sitting behind a microphone. Well, actually, 15 years doing that. Hey. But the you, camera part Let is me ask you something. New. How many of you people out there have actually... Okay, let me think. think about this, okay? Look. You know when you're walking in God's gift because God will bless it regardless if you do it good or not. Or well, if you want to be perfect with your English language. Case in point. I just met Roy less than two hours ago. And me and Roy, we just did an awesome interview, in my opinion. Hello. And it was like we were talking like we were besties forever. Okay. But I, I met him literally, this was like literally the second time I, I talked to him. First time on video. There's a familiarity though on video because it's like there's this instant connection. So you guys go, oh, that's interesting. But whenever I have a guest, like tomorrow I have another guest. We're going to talk about nine servings of vegetables, which you will want to listen to this because we're going to talk about Monsanto, those evil people at Monsanto. Anyway, but here's the thing. It takes skill to talk to people you don't know about a topic you have nothing to, you have no idea what it's about. <laughs> to make that person feel comfortable and to actually get you to buy the product that we're talking about. That takes skill. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that even though this show is all about teaching you how to do a biblical worldview and putting good people in front of you, that that. The reason Roy came on our show was to sell his book. 
and how I presented the book and gave you details about what's in the book, whet your appetite to go buy the book. It's true. True story, right? That's that's what most Christian media is about. Most Christian media is about like, hey, look at my book. Please go buy my book. Please eat my book. I want you to have my book, you know, because books are great, right? Readers are leaders. And this is actually a book about leadership. You should go get it if you want to learn more. Actually, that's why I had him on the show because I love leadership books. But <clears throat> with that said, just so you know, what you're looking at is a gift from God. And I don't mean me. I'm not the gift from God. What I mean is, is that that uh, what I do is God's gift because some of you couldn't do it. Some of you would be so like... There. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, some of you would be like, I don't even want to get on camera. No, no, don't let me be on camera. <laughs> you know, you'd be like, no, I don't want to be on camera. And then once you're on camera, you'd be like. Then you look at yourself and you're like, I don't like how I look on camera. Or you're like, I don't like how I sound. If you do a podcast, you're like, ah, all that. But you know what it is? The truth is that a show anybody does and this is an insider tip. If you ever do a show like this, always remember that you're you're not you're the least important important part of the show. It's the audience, you people out there who are watching for whatever reason, that is the most important part of the show. That's a true story right there. Otherwise, you know, you know, and any broadcaster that doesn't realize that, any broadcaster who thinks their broadcast is all about them, that's a broadcaster you shouldn't watch, just so you know. Because it's broadcasting is never about the broadcaster. It's always about the audience and the value that you can bring to the audience. <clears throat> and that's what we try to do here at Bible News Radio. Yeah, it is. So, there you have it. Welcome, Antonio Rog. Or Antonio R. Og. Yeah. That might be your name. I'm not really sure, Antonio, but welcome to Periscope. I'm glad you're over there. It's super brave of you to get on Periscope. Just watch out for trolls because they they can be kind of weird, you know, and stuff. And if you're super young, make sure that you've got your... Don't ever put your location on because bad people might come and get you. True story. What are you looking at? What are you wagging your tail for? Do you want to come up here? My dog wants my attention at the moment. All right. So anybody have any questions or comments or anything before the last two minutes of our show is over? Concerns. Concerns. Did you watch my Get Slugged this morning where I talked about something? Wait, what did I talk about? Wait, hold on. I think I talked about Proverbs twenty nine twelve. I think that's what I talked about. Randall, did you watch my Get Slugged? No, I did not. See, that's how much he cares about me. He doesn't even care enough about me to watch my Get Slugged thing in the morning. You want to come over here? Okay, come up. Get over here. Get up here. Do as I say. I'm your mother. Get up here. Don't look over there. Go over here. No, come here. There you go. You just hit your head on the microphone. <clears throat> All right. See, God gave us authority over the animals. This is Grover. Isn't he cute? He just got a haircut. He's all pretty. Oh, yeah, you are. I love you. Yeah, I do. You're the best doorbell ever. Yeah, he is. Yep. He looks so pretty. Sometimes people think that he's a girl because he looks, you know. But he isn't. He's a boy. He he came out as a boy lately. Right, didn't you? Yeah, you did. Love you for always. Oh. I think he came out of the birth canal as a boy. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's such a good dog. I love him. He's my favorite dog in the whole world. <clears throat> my favorite cartoon dog, though, is Scooby-Doo, in case you were wondering. Because is there any other dog better than Scooby-Doo? Nope. Although Astro from the Jetsons may differ. You know, he might, he might just say, no, I'm better than Scooby-Doo, but I think Scooby-Doo is best. True story. All right. Guys, look. Hey, do you know how hard it is to make you laugh today? You guys are like not even giving me hearts. I mean, what's with that? Huh? 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, as a reminder, if you want to join me tonight at 7 p.m. Central Time on a Zoom call with the leadership, the corporate leadership of Ladies of Justice, then message me somewhere, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or through my website, I'm thinking. Well, anyway, if you know me, you can just text me. You can say, give me the info, blah, 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 blah. And you will like be on the call with me. I think I have three of you so far who are interested. So if you're a part of my team and you're available, hint, hint, you should be on this call as well so you could see how they do it. All right, people. All right, people. All right. So tomorrow we got a guest. And uh, today, I hope you, hopefully you goes, you guys go get Roy's book. You saw him. He's a nice guy. You should just buy his book because the cover's cool. All right. <clears throat> and don't forget, be bold, people. Stand up. Go with God. Because he loves you. Yeah, he does. We'll see you later.